in three, two. <laughs> Welcome to the Geek Pants Gamecast. Oh, that's good. You've been practicing. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is Blade 2, the to second what? part Where's of our going? trilogy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Blade 2. Which um, episode ninety eight? Toro directing. Yes. Well, this one was first of all it was released in two thousand two. Got to get that right. Yep, the summer of Spider Man. Yep, which um, kind of a double edged sword, I would say. It's one of those where like part of me says maybe don't release it with Spider Man, but the other part is you might as well release it with Spider Man because more people are going to watch it, right? Yeah, I think this came out what August, so it came out like three months, I think, after Spidey yeah. did. Yeah, so and, and I mean, it made more bank than the first, so it was the right move. In yeah, the run. and the funny part is, is they didn't really increase the budget too much. We went from forty-five million to fifty-four, so not even ten million more in budget. Yeah, and then it made one hundred and fifty-five million. Right. This is the big winner out of the entire trilogy. This is it. Yep, and money well spent, actually. Oh, yeah. Like, we talked about the CGI in the first movie and how in some scenes, you know, it's good. It's all right. Yeah. But luckily, it's done so sparingly, except for the last act. But in that case, it's like, it's kind of like, well, okay, you can only do so much. But now we're right in the middle of them really getting their feet on it. So when we do see the CGI, A, it's really well done. uh, And B, what I really like is that they did something similar which you don't see a lot these days is they almost did a like a Raimi thing where it was a CGI shot practical effects shot CGI yeah. practical effects so there yeah. was that constant back and forth um and I noticed actually because I'm on a Spider-Man kick right now so I watched rewatched Homecoming mm-hmm. Homecoming actually does a really good job of balancing the two Far From Home not so much or Far maybe it's home, harder yeah. to tell yeah. <laughs> it's harder to tell maybe but Definitely homecoming, they do it. But uh, I forgot that they, I actually don't think I noticed it. And uh, maybe it's because I haven't watched it since we started doing the camcast. But this time around, I was like, oh man, it's actually really cool that you see CGI and then live action. So it's really, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Before we get to too far, this is, uh, you said Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo He's the director Toro. this time around. Yeah. This movie so- is also. Again, written by David, Superman fan, Goyer. Yep. That's what the S stands for, right? Is Superman? What else could it be? David Superman Goyer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Blade again, Wesley yeah. Snipes, Wesley Whistler Blade. again, Chris Christopherson. But this is where the cast gets a little juicy. This is where we start to get Ron Perlman, who plays Dieter Reinhardt. Yeah, I love the name. Love it. Yeah, I know. I was like, I can't get over that name. Uh, we also get Lenore Varela, who is Nisa Damaskinos. Still gorgeous. Oh. Yeah, wow. Like, wow. I had such a crush on her when this movie came out. I like, actually forgot how much of a crush I had on her. Yeah. Because so I was watching this again. I was just like, oh, man, she's beautiful. <laughs> have you seen her recently? I haven't. She's 47. Looks amazing. Why wouldn't she? I mean, 47 is still young. Yeah, but some people age differently. Like, I don't know if I'll yeah. look as good as I do now at 47. We'll probably look better. 
wow, you never know. This thing might be like. <laughs> You'll just have to grow a big fucking beard to do the Triple H thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, Triple H. <laughs> Coming up in Trinity. Uh, then we get uh, a gentleman by the name of Norman uh, Reedus. Reedus. Reduce. Some nobody guy. Some nobody. His name is Scud. Good. Or Skid. I think he was called a couple of times yeah. in the movie. Yeah, Whistler called him Skid. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Thomas uh, Kreshman, who is Eli Damaskinos. He is the father. Yes. And then finally, this is the only other one I'm n- n- naming, even though, yes, Donnie ends in this movie. But <laughs> Luke Gross as Jared Nomack or yeah. Patient Zero. Yeah, it's it's a it's I mean it's a solid cast. I got I I wrote them all down. The whole the whole crew. It's a huge there. cast. That, well, then maybe you could say the ones that I didn't say. So you got Danny John Jules as Assad. He was uh, the guy that was with uh, Nisa uh, yep. originally during the whole Blade introduction. You got you Matt know, oh Sh- sorry, that guy I forgot to mention. I should have mentioned him. That guy, the first time I ever seen him was in a BBC show. BBC show called Red Dwarf. You ever heard of that show? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I love it. I love it. He played the character Cat. Cat. <laughs> yeah. The, the premise is some, uh, you, you watched Idiocracy, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So essentially the same concept. Idiot is uh, trapped on a ship in stasis for like 3,000 years. He comes out of stasis. He's like the only human left. His cat evolved into <laughs> the character cat so it's a black dude with braids and fangs because he's a cat <laughs> there's a hologram who's a prick <laughs> and an android who is like uh just really nice guy but he's like it's oh it's hilarious but it's bbc so it's like yeah very- certain type of humor right yeah, but sure. but anyway, so yeah, so I, I should have mentioned him and I didn't. Sorry. Continue. Uh, Matt Schultz is Chupa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Donnie Ann is Snowman. Yep. I totally forgot Donnie Ann was in this. And when I saw him, I was like, fucking right. And then I was so disappointed he died off screen. Who I was disappointed. Yeah, by that. exactly. But to be fair, um, like when this movie came out, I was not familiar with Donnie Ann. No one really knew at all. Yet. No. Whereas now I'm like, oh yeah, Donnie, because he's like one of my favorite martial art actors now. Like, oh yeah, he's for sure. So good. Um, but yeah, so and I agree. An off-screen death for Donnie Yen. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. Uh, and that off-screen death came from Daz Crawford as Light Hammer. He's got his lady yeah. friend uh, Marit Val Kiel as Verlaine. Although Light Hammer looked awesome. Lighthammer did look awesome. And then uh, Tony Coran as Priest. Tony Coran, yep. as an Underworld fan, I love because he played Marcus in Evolution. Such a great villain. And actually, I did not know this until this, uh, doing my research for this camcast, because I like to be a student now. I didn't realize that they were actually moving towards a um, crossover with Underworld. They were. They were. Absolutely. Yeah. They were totally going to do it until uh, Marvel, or they lost the rights and Marvel took them back. Yep. It was Which 100% blew me away. I was like, happened. I can't. And then I was thinking, like, how awesome would that have been if you had Blade 
and I can't remember what her name was in the other world, but Celine. Yes. So those two fight vampires and werewolves. Like Jesus Christ, sign me up. That would be so good. So good. And then of course they would have had to have a crazy epic sex scene just because why not? Right. Why not? Why not? (laughs) Got it. You got it. Uh, So that's the cast. Great cast. Um, Luke Goss is Nomad, though. He blew me away in this. No idea who he was. So good. So good. Absolutely awesome in this movie. Yeah. Amazing. But, like, here's the the thing again. Like, David S. Goyer, he wrote the first. He wrote the first for Wesley Snipes. Yep. I feel like this one, he kind of knew that Del Toro was coming on board, and he wrote it for Del Toro's strengths because that guy, oh, he yeah. wants something. You want a movie to have creepy friggin' creatures? Get Del Toro. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The Reapers um, are horrifying in this. Oh my god, are they ever? They're just horrifying. Yeah. And but I feel like they should be because like vampires are typically like pretty, like they're good looking. Yeah. You know, I think there's only been two movies where vampires were intentionally gross and that was uh 30 days of night yeah and vampires and vampires vampires, where they were both intentionally made to not be pretty yeah and i was like oh yeah especially in 30 days of night i'm not the hugest fan of that movie i have to rewatch it though but i remember i was like ah but they looked so good and like literally based off the book, so they look yeah. so good. That's a comic book. That's a camcast in the future, hundred percent. Yeah, it is because like I almost, 100%. I actually that I feel like is one of the rare camcasts where I feel like we should do the book and the movie in one. I'd be down with that. I got the whole series on trade paperback. I'm down. Oh, because like the book, Thirty Days a Night. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, the book's the movie, amazing. I was like. For the most part, the movie's great. There's yeah. just some things that I was like, ah. But like the, I said, I got to rewatch it. The book is amazing, and it's and, and I do think I, I recall that Thirty Days <clears> of <throat> Night, the book, was the first indie comic hit of the 2000s. Yes. Because when yeah. you think indie comic hits, you think you know Hellboy, Turtles, all those kind of characters. Thirty Days of Night, what it did for horror and comic books, mind blowing. Mind blowing. Absolutely. And like that team, the writer and the art, like now I can't even, I couldn't tell you who wrote it and drew it. Oh, well, it Steve Niles wrote it and Steve Niles yes. um, wrote it as a screenplay and tried to sell it for 10 years. And when no one was buying it as a movie, he went, well, I'm going to make this a comic book then. Yeah, that's so right. Ben that's Temple right. Smith and Ben Temple Smith drew this. Temple Smith. That's he, right. He that's right. Oh yeah. my God. Beautiful. But anyway, okay. So getting back to this. So we get, Ugly, disgusting reapers, but so okay. First of all, yes, it's Guillermo del Toro, but I don't feel like this movie is too much of a leap from the first one. No, it's not because and it's it's basically because Goyer still wrote it, right? Though, even just visually, though, visually, and also because Guillermo del Toro wasn't Guillermo del Toro. He was like, they were huge fans of him and they knew what they were kind of getting into when they, they hired him. But this wasn't like uh, Hellboy 1 and then Hellboy 2. No, because I mean like Del Toro, I think when Blade 2 came out, all he had under his belt was like... Kronos. Um, Kronos and Mimic. Yeah, American those movie. are the two. Kronos and Mimic are the only two. And I'm pretty that sure was that it. was it. Yeah. 
that that is it. That, that, uh, that is it. Yeah, because Devil's Backbone came out a year after this, and then Hellboy. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But how interesting is it that you actually have a similar setup where Hellboy, the first movie, is almost from the pages, yeah. right? And then then the second movie, off the rails. Whereas Blade, same thing. You have first movie updated but very much from the pages mm-hmm. right yep second movie boom like i said in the first one this is a grounded take very much in the same vein as the crow um this movie blade 2 is a superhero movie 100 percent a superhero movie you've got your cgi fight scenes which are awesome they've absolutely actually, awesome they've surprisingly aged quite well like when he's fighting nisa and uh Assad in front of that like light screen, that blue screen, clear like as day that, CG, clear as day, clear as day, but still looks really good. Yeah. And he, like it's actually only really noticeable. I found when uh, you see shots of Blade, yeah, because that's and it's harder to fake a human than it is a co- like a fully costumed up thing, right? Right. But man, like. <sighs> This is so great. I actually, uh, I read that Guillermo del Toro's mindset for this movie was literally to do like a superhero anime movie. And when I read that, I was like, ah, okay. Because you can totally see it. Yeah. 100%. Totally. Um, And like I, what I like too is they basically, they took the template from the first one, Mm -hmm. expanded it, but didn't get so crazy where you're just like, what is happening? Like the movie starts with a very grounded look at Blade in Russia looking for Whistler. And that's awesome because in Blade 1, the end scene is, is in him Russia. in Russia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, this is so cool that he picked up right, like they pick up right where he left off. You find out it's been about a year. And that that is Still. actually that whole opening, that whole opening is so good where he's like, taking the guys out with his bike and he almost hits his car and he kisses it, kisses at it. <laughs> I know. Uh, again, like I said in, the, in the, our Blade One cam cast, which you can see on YouTube, mm. we, uh, like I had said, these little things that Snipe does is what actually humanizes Blade, not the fact that they keep saying, like, he's a half-blood. You know, he's half-human, yeah. half, you know. It's like, okay, that's great, but those little things, re- you know, he kisses that. It's just like... <laughs> Okay. All and right. That guy go. That guy. That character's name is Rush. That 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 little troll yeah. vampire dude. Oh. <laughs> he lets him go and he goes. I'll be. What do you say? I'll be seeing you. Is that what he said? Yeah. I'll be seeing you. Yeah. No. And then, and then the end of the movie is. Oh yeah. Um. But I also like. Uh, I, I like the way. Like so, they find Whistler. Like immediately find Whistler. We get introduced to Scud, which I still don't like the character. It was one of those where, like, when I immediately when he's introduced, I was like, "That guy's a fucking douchebag." Like, he's gonna, he's, he's, he's not helping, or uh, he's gonna stab Blade in the back. Like, I knew right away. It was yeah. like they had a giant sign that said, "This guy is gonna fuck you up." Yeah. yeah. Granted, at the end, Blade's just like, "I knew the whole fucking time." Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, that's fair." That's fair. But I did like the uh, reveal of his tattoo was underneath, right? Yeah, under his lip, yeah. I thought that was cool because, again, like I said in uh, Blade 1, I loved that they did the tattoos in various places 
so that other vampires would be able to go, well, hold on. He's branded. So that was cool. That was was cool. cool. Is it weird that Norman Reedus has looked the same, period? Right. I I think the only time he's actually older, he looks a little older, but like he still looks like a trailer. The only time he didn't look like this was in Boondock Saints, strangely enough. Yeah, but I mean, I think the sequel he still had this this scuzzy look, scuddy look. <laughs> the scuddy look, yeah. Well, of course he would have had the scuddy look because yeah. he's because this was made so far after that. Yeah. You know, this is his brand now, I guess. Norman Reedus. I mean, we think about Norman Reedus is Norman Reedus and everything he does. I was just gonna say, like, even in Death Stranding, I was like, you couldn't yeah. look like anyone else. <laughs> Storm Reedus. You couldn't. <laughs> Gave your mustache? No, you had to look like Norman Reedus. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, look, good for him. I'm not hating on him as an yeah, actor. No, good, he always seemed like a cool dude. He, he's a he super seemed like cool a cool dude, dude in real life. I, I met him in Toronto. Super, super cool dude. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, like, he's not like, like uh, Nathan Fillion? Like you, you remember my, my classic Nathan Fillion story. I was just going to say, he's not like Nathan Fillion? Yeah. Well, I met I met Norman and Ron Perlman in the same weekend too. Both those guys Oof. are awesome. Both of those well, guys are so cool. Like Ron Perlman in- is so cool that he's in a Twitter battle with Ted fucking Cruz, who's a <laughs> like Republican senator. He's basically like, yeah, kick your ass. And Ron Perlman is like, fine, let's do it. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever the hell you want to, and he's like seventy years old, and he's oh, like, yeah. no, let's let's yeah. fucking fight. I'll kick the shit out. Of, I'll kick the shit out of every one of you. <laughs> so yeah, you know what? I I don't have to meet Ron Perlman to know he's a cool dude. Yeah, no, he's a cool dude. But like Norman Reedus, I wasn't so sure about like how Norman would be because, I mean, you never know. You never know. You right? really, you never know. Like I mean, I say that it's possible that Ron Perlman, you just caught him on a good day, and yeah. normally he's a douche. He's not. There's yeah, no way. Um, yeah, it's possible, but, but no, you no. never know. Because like, cool like your Nathan Fillion story is interesting because I would have never saw that coming. Mind blowing, and it's crazy. I would too. never have saw that coming. It's crazy because I like I just saw him on a panel. He was talking to the crowd for an hour. He was doing his goofy, <laughs> his whole act thing, right? And then when I meet him person to person, like you, so you're in this big lineup, and then you go behind a curtain, and he's in there. And they're like, you got five seconds, walk up, say hi, take a picture, be on your way. And that's basically it, right? And yeah. like Nathan was there for, for the money and that was it. Like he didn't really want to meet people. You could tell. Whereas Norman Reedus, Norman Reedus, I walked in, he's like, hey man, how you doing? And he like high five me and he like put his arm around me. He's like, you enjoying the show? What's going on? And like, like I was in there that's a lot the difference, than five right? seconds. <laughs> that's the difference. It was, it's like, uh, like it would have been like if when I met Chris Jericho, yeah. And he would have been like, instead of me being like, huh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, oh man, I would, like, I wish I was a cool dude when I met Chris Jericho, but I'm still glad that I met him. I'm still yeah. super glad I met him and everything. Like, that was awesome. Oh, was, wait, are we talking about Blade 2? <laughs> I don't know where that tangent came from, but it was enjoyable. Let's go. <laughs> you know what it was? It was talking about, like, just being celebrity and stuff like that and all that other fun stuff. But okay, so getting back to this, um, so we mentioned how the Reapers were scary. Yep. And I'm actually glad that they were scary. Like they're meant to be scary. So they're still re- retaining some of that horror aspects. 
in this movie that they had in the first movie. And I don't want to suggest that either movie is scary, but there are horror elements to it. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that they retain that. <clears throat> um, the Reaper designs looked amazing, but I, I liked the split mouth thing on how they bit. I thought that was really cool. Yep. Um, and the other part I thought was really cool was that like the extra added chest protection. So you couldn't stab them in the heart. You had to get them from the sides. I was like, ooh, like they really thought about how to make super yeah. vampires like like hard for even Blade to kill. Because like for Blade, he can walk through a hundred vampires and within minutes it's just ash piles everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and you might see like one or two humans that are just like, what the fuck just happened here? Whereas now he's got to actually team up with, or sorry, the vampires actually get him to help them kill these things. What were, what, uh, I didn't write down, what was their name again? The team, the team of vampire killers. Oh, Blood Pack. Blood Pack. That's what yeah, it was. I it can't was Blood to say Pack. Death Dealers. So I'm like, no, that's Underworld. What, what are they in fucking Blade? Yeah, they were the, they were the Blood Pack. <clears throat> yeah. and it's awesome too that they were trained to hunt blade and now they have to team that's up. one of my favorite things is like like they're literally the the task force to take him down yeah and that's what i like too is because then you have you do have a little bit of begrudging respect especially between uh deter and blade where they're kind of like trying to one-up each other but uh but this is another aspect where i feel like wesley snipes own brand of cockiness bleeds through this character so that scene where he's like doing the tricks and smacking them around and stuff i was like that's totally wesley snipes oh like, totally 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 100 percent. in the middle of it but then when he puts the fucking bomb in his head i was like oh oh that's genius yep <laughs> uh well i mentioned the reaper's design yeah. But even just the introduction of Nomax is awesome. Or Nomac. Yeah. That was awesome. This disgusting, gross, weird hospital. Yeah. And then you find out that it's like a weird German test site. Could you imagine being in that situation? And all of a sudden, you're just like, yeah, we're going to test this bum. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, what? A new vampire? <clears throat> yeah. That was awesome. Chris Christopherson, he's back. He's clashing with Scud immediately because Scud's like doing his thing. Well, hold on. You uh, you uh, glitched out a bit. So oh. I didn't. I missed everything before Scud. Okay, so like Chris Christopherson, he's back, right? And was as Whistler. We get that little flashback but, to show how he actually lived in the first movie. Right, but how exactly does he uh, become human again? He goes cold turkey. Cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just <laughs> locks him in a room. But I, I do like this. Like, Blade grabs him and Scud's like, fuck this. Like, you got to kill him, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this is my fucking dad, right? So he, he yeah. puts him in this room and he goes, you have until morning. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, oh, wow. That's really cool. <clears throat> right? Now, this is where if they had the vampire cure from the first movie, you know, like if he had the cure, put it on like a chair or something and said, here, here's the cure. Yeah. You have a choice. You can take the cure, 
And maybe it's the last one. Maybe we'll say, for whatever reason, she died. She couldn't mass produce it, whatever. We don't know her budget on how to make this stuff, right? Right, right. That's the last one. This is for you. In the morning, you either take this or you don't, and you're dead. But that's whatever. That's fine. So he goes cold turkey, which is pretty badass. Uh, right. I'll say this, and if, I guess if anyone's gonna go cold turkey, it's Whistler. I mean, for fuck's sakes, in the first movie, he was smoking while spilling gasoline when he's filling up <laughs> Blade's car. So, yeah, yeah, I guess he would go cold turkey. But you see what I mean about the the vampire here, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, but so yeah okay, so you were saying clashing, with like, he's clashing with Scud like right off the bat, right? Oh, yeah. And, and it's cool because like neither one trusts each other. Right, and I like that because like I said, like in the beginning, unless you're stupid, you re- you go, okay, Scud's going to fuck him there's over. Something Scud up with is, yeah. There's something up with Scud, you know? Um, but I like that while in some cases, Scud has streamlined the operation. Yeah. But in other cases, and maybe it's because he was ultimately working against Blade, but ultimately, like, the way that Whistler was doing it is actually the better way. Like, mm-hmm. in some cases, like, even he goes, like, oh, okay, well, that that makes sense, that makes sense. But overall, it's still just like, well, fuck this little bitch, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> yeah. Um, but that was, uh, that was really cool. But I feel like they had to have that antagonistic relationship because you have to almost tease like whose blade really going to be with, right? Like, is he going to pick Scud over Whistler? And I know it sounds silly to say that, but there is that, they kind of hinted that a little bit there because mm-hmm. he's almost trying to like, guys, like work together type of thing. Yeah. Right. So blood packs introduced. Yep. Well, actually, well, first it's Nisa and uh, sorry, what's his name? Uh, his name is Assad. Right. And then they bring him to meet Eli Dam- Damaskinos. Now, this was something that I just thought of like when I rewatched it for this campcast. I don't know how I didn't make the connection that Eli is the father of Jared Nomack because they look exactly the same. Yeah. Identical. Like when they did the reveal, I was like, oh, wow. This time around, I was like, how the fuck? Because he literally looks exactly like his dad, except he's just got that split thing for his yeah. his reaver mouth. Yeah. Or reaper mouth, sorry. And I was like, that's so high. Of all the things, like I call so many things in the movie, but this one I was like, that's his dad? What a shocker! <laughs> he's got that weird reptilian translucent skin, just like his son. Like, I don't know how I fucking missed that. I was, I was actually like, okay. All right. <laughs> but I guess they throw you off because, you know, Nisa looks nothing like her dad, which is right. good because. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Thank God for that. She must have got her mother. Uh, <laughs> I want to see her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Where's mommy? Might as well just continue being a dirtbag this entire camp cast. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag we suck. <laughs> but, uh, Right, so then we get the whole thing about, you know, these Reapers and Blade's got to team up with the Blood Pack. And like we said, the whole introduction to the Blood Pack is awesome. The initial uh, fight scenes with the Reavers are crazy cool. Like, I like how they're like, they're all vampires or humans that have become this. 
but they don't like now they're all they're like animalistic they're crawling on the ground yeah like that stubby midget one like it's just this weird like <laughs> the one that wears the sunglasses <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, okay like the sun is literally the only thing that can absolutely kill them but sure you got sunglasses all right yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, no, they're gross. They're they're gross, and yeah. like, that whole sequence in the bar—that's like in different rooms, and each member of the blood packs like taking on another friggin' reaper, and it's just oh, they're gross. Oh yeah, oh man, it's horrible. But then, uh, but we do get to get into the sewer. The sewer scene is fucking awesome. So good, so good, so good. And then, and then of course we get to the part where. Blood pack turns on blade. Surprise! Yeah. Oh, shocking! Oh, so shocking! <laughs> but the one thing that I love about it, though—actually, not the one thing—but this is one of those where, like, everything happens for a reason. So then, when we get to the part where they turn on blade, like we knew they were, they were going to turn on blade. Oh, obviously. there was no way they weren't going to turn on blade. Okay, yeah. especially because blade was trying to figure out how to kill them like that they were both gonna turn on each other it was just a matter of who could do it first right <clears throat> so then when we get like the Reedus turn and all that we get one of the coolest parts ever totally like exhausted trained blade gets dumped by whistler into the blood pool mm -hmm. So great. One of the things I love is when you get that out. final drop of blood and he just comes up. Yeah. He's like, Rah! and it's fucking on. It is absolutely on. Oh, before I forget, there was something that I forgot to mention in Blade One. You know why? Because I didn't write it down. I noticed this now uh, when I watched this again and I loved it. I thought it was really cool. They purposely filmed this like a coin flip scene where you've got them draining you know blades blood yep and the drops are about to come down onto um <clears throat> uh sorry on deacon frost yeah the cool part is is when they got that last bit of like blood coming out of blade as it falls they actually show it almost like it's falling directly onto him i thought that was awesome yeah that's cool i thought that was really really cool that was cool anyway show. so Back to uh, back to the bloodbath, which was cool. First, we also got a superhero landing. Yeah, yeah, he pulled it off first. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, so then, of course, you get the the bloodbath. They get like these awesome fight scenes with the blood pack. He kills Redis right away. <laughs> oh yeah, right away. He's like, right. I knew you're bombed. <laughs> I, I forgot to mention. After, Sorry, go on. After he gets out of the blood, Whistler throws him the sunglasses. Yeah. Hey, kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, perfect catch. <laughs> uh, it's not as cheesy as when he does it in the first movie, though, because he kills the one guy. He kills Quinn with the, the razor wire and then catches Quinn's sunglasses. Yeah. Well, because they were his in the first place because Quinn took his sunglasses, so he catches them back. And I was like, oh, so yeah, I mean, you have to have it, right? Got it. You got it. At this you point, you have to. Yeah, that's right. It's like, it's like uh, Wolverine popping his claws. You have to have him catching sunglasses, throwing them on. Right. 
right? Um, I forgot to mention, though, the first fight with Nomak when they're in the church. Yeah. Like, the introduction for Nomak was awesome, but then the actual fight scene is crazy cool because you have that really awesome part where, like, you've got CGI or not live action and they're going at it and then he like Nomak fucks off and climbs up the wall to do like these like wrestling moves, like dropping elbows yeah, and shit yeah. and do backbreakers and stuff. I was like, man, this is so cool. Like this is like, I, I know I give CGI a hard time. It's only because I don't want to see so much of it that it's like, am I watching real anything? Mm-hmm. This is so great. Like I said at the beginning where they do that back to back. So it's CGI and then it's live action. But that introduction, introductory fight scene is so good. And they give you just a taste so that later you're like, oof, this is going to be good. This is going to be so good. <clears throat> Which leads us into the final fight scene. It's crazy, too, in that fight in the church. like Because Blade, he's fighting Nomak, and he realizes, like, I don't think I could beat this guy. So yeah. then out of desperation, he starts shooting out the windows. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, and that's uh, refreshing because it, you know, like we're in the middle of the movie and you get the sense that, oof, I, I don't think I can do this. Whereas you don't get that sense until the end of the first movie when, you know, Deacon Frost is now the blood god. Because right. at that point, he's like, ah, fuck. And he does get lucky because the he, he gets the coagulant or whatever that's called, yep. right? Yeah. He does 100% get lucky in that regard. But this one, now you now there's that initial fight scene and then the rest of the movie where you go, okay, so how's he going to do it? How's he going to fight, like beat him, right? And the best part is he actually doesn't. No. No, Mac does it himself. Yeah, He's he, like, oh, you're close. Does ah. yep. And that's cool too because like, Right up until you find out that Nomak is the son of Eli and that he was the first, like he's patient zero. So he, his own dad, <laughs> yeah. it's like, look, I wanted to make a super race of vampires. I don't give a fuck if you're family, you know, you're so now you're like, oh, well, no kidding. He's got a hard on for this. No wonder he wants to kill his dad. Yeah. No wonder all of this shit is happening. This makes perfect sense. So it's a little sympathetic, which again, also refreshing. While with Deacon Frost, I understood his mentality. I couldn't get behind it because it's just like, yeah, but that's that's horrible, right? Whereas here, you're like, I, I get it. You're not as bad as as they make you out to be, right? <clears throat> Until he bites Nisa, and then I'm like, you gotta die, motherfucker. Oh yeah, you gotta die. Like, you gotta die. You you're you're a dead I, man. I, I was all like, "Need some later gonna hook up." This is so great. <laughs> exactly. They're gonna have some weird vampire babies. Good for yeah, them. Good for them. Nope. 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 No luck there. But before we get to that final fight with the whole Nisa and, and no Max showing up at the compound and stuff, um, <laughs> Blade takes out Reinhardt by literally chopping him in half. <laughs> that That's was a, gross. That- that I liked too because they they built that up like it's going to be a big fight scene. Yeah, and then he just one shots him, and then yeah, oh the tongue, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> like whew. 
Yeah, that was yeah, good. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to put that down here. But yeah, yeah. like, oh, Just but like, yeah, I, I like right up the middle. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh, this is gonna, be, oh, oh, oh. That's, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> oh, it was like uh, it reminded me of Equilibrium. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You wait the whole movie for this big fight, and then over. <laughs> oh. Okay, so the final fight now we got Blade. He's trying to find Nisa. Yep. This guy he wants to save Nisa. Um, but then yeah, Nomak just storms the compound, and that was so badass. Everything starts going off, and doesn't Nisa go? That's my brother, or something like that, or yeah. And he's because, just freaking taking everyone out because she doesn't. She hadn't seen him up until that point. Right, because he fucks off. Nisa shows up in the in the church scene. He takes off, He's gone, so she yeah. doesn't see him. Right, so all she knows is that this guy Nomak is. Uh, I don't think that's yeah. Nomak is just the guy that they're trying to hunt down. She doesn't know yeah. that's her brother. Then she sees him, and that's when she goes, "Dad, like what the fuck?" And then he's just like, "Ah, I was wanting to make a super raise. Come on." She's yeah. just like. Fuck you! Like she like just owns him right away. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. And then of course, like of course, bad dad is gonna be like, come on, son. Yeah. Hey, join me. You know. I mean, after after but, going, oh, he can't catch up to us. We're okay. Yeah, we're all fine. And then it's just like, hey, hey, uh, everything's cool, right? Right. It's cool. You would have got away, but Nisa shut the the blinds. She uh, shut, shut yep. the windows. Couldn't get to that. Yeah, house. I know. I was like, oof. Oof. Yeah. But that, that that final fight scene was so good. That final so fight was amazing. It's I mean, so good. German suplex in that thing? Like, Jesus. Oh, yeah. so good. And, good like, point. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, this is a lot. And then, like, the second time and the third time, I was like, you know what? No, this is just fucking great. And I think part of it was because it was so not so different, but just different enough from the first that I might have been like, yeah, but like it's a departure. But now I'm like, no, 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 this is a worthy successor. Like, like I said, like if you would have asked me before this, I would have said, well, the first is here, then it's the second, and now it's the third. Whereas now I'm like, first and second, it's just like right close. Third yeah. is is the weakest out of all of them. Like, there's no way around it. But yeah. like it's not as clear, like this blowout type of situation. No, first two are great. First two are absolutely great. First two are so good, so good. <clears throat> uh, and I mean, like I think the only downfall for the third is is it's a little too slapstick at times, and that's pretty much it. Um. Well, you know what? I will save that for Trinity. Yeah, we'll we'll, ta- we'll touch on it. But I mean, like. Yeah, I, I felt pretty good watching the trilogy all back to back again. Uh, yeah, like overall, yes. Overall. There's just overall. A, a couple of things with the Trinity where I'm just like, uh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. We'll touch on that in the Trinity. It doesn't tank the movie by any means, but I can definitely see why the reviews were not so not so good to that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, um, you got you got anything else? Yeah. Uh, the final scene of the movie. Where, yes. Where yes. Actually, Lisa out to see the sunset, and that beautiful for the first music, time of her life. The beautiful music starts playing, and Whistler's at her request. Playing. She yeah. wanted to see the sun. Yeah, 
and, and she just in a slow mo she just slowly starts burning away he touches her cheeks like just flakes away and it's just like yep. oh this is so heartbreaking right now like he should be going home with her <laughs> yeah he should be instead now he's just like well i this is my life tragedy after tragedy yeah yeah well yeah. What, what can i say really you know what can you but say? still uh, actually, so I shouldn't good. say that's the final shot of the movie because then we go back to him going <laughs> after Rush <laughs> at that strip club. He like he's pulling out all his, which is actually club. the best way to end that movie. <laughs> I, he's laying everything out in front of him, going doo, 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 doo. yeah. He's just like oh oh shit. <laughs> yeah, what, I forgot about you. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. Um, but yeah, no, straight up, this movie made me a Del Toro fan for life. I, uh, yep. I, this, I, I was, was kind of, I was, I was so, so on Mimic when I watched it. I hadn't watched, um, Kronos before. I've never seen Kronos. I watched Mimic, but I watched Mimic after though. Yeah. Okay. This was no. the one that made me go, okay, Guillermo Del Toro is, is one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So like after this, I've watched all this stuff. I love this stuff. It's so good. I mean, it's just this this dark gothic nature of all his his stuff. I, I love it. So, Although yeah. I haven't watched Crimson Peak, I gotta watch Crimson Peak. Oh, great movie! Shape of Water. Oh, man, that is a masterpiece. And then that bad boy wins Best Picture at the Oscars. Oh, I was so fine. I I cheered out loud when I saw him win Best Picture. I was I was so because. That movie's fucked up. Like yeah. It's a fucked up premise. Oh, yeah. It's definitely fucked it's up. I mean, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome, but it's bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty close. We're pretty close to some weird, like, story. interspecies. I think it's interspecies, is what they'll call it. But uh, in any event, we'll save that for a campcast. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, so, yeah, no, that's Blade 2. Love it. Blade 2, Love ladies it. and gentlemen. My personal favorite of the series. Yep. Yep. Not uh, mine. Not yours. It's That's fine. but it's like I said, it's so close. That's it's fine. So it's close. a lot closer than it used to be because I know you were always like way pro blade one. Yeah. 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 So but yeah, no, it's uh it's so good. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> it's good. So good. Exactly. It's just so good. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's that's just it. That's all I got. Uh, hey uh hey Ken. Yo, what's up? Give us the list. Give us the list. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of the Camcast, you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's our social media. You can listen to our podcast at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you oh want my. to just see our handsome faces talk about shit right here, YouTube, it's a place to be. Or you can read our stuff at geekpantsmedia.com. Well, me and Chris Bedick, anyways. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, man. I zinged that Chris Mercier about it in the last episode, so fuck yeah, that guy. You can zing him, too. He did, and still, since the last episode, he hasn't written anything. <laughs> Not at all. He hasn't even come up with a concept. He hasn't moved away he from that He literally team. came up with two or three concepts today, but that's it. Today? Oh, wow. Okay, cool. 
It's coming. I feel it. I feel it in my bones. It's coming. And as always, if you like what we're doing, let us know in the comments. If you don't like what we're doing, let us know in the comments. Um, you could like, you could share, do those things if you want. But more importantly, let us know what you want us to do for our 100th CamCast episode, uh, mainly because we're currently sitting on the uh, Back to the Future trilogy, which I'm fine with, but who knows? Maybe somebody wants us to do something else. I'm game for anime. I'm game for Japanese movies. I'm game for pretty much anything that covers I, under I, the you know what? pants. I'm game for it all. I mean, if you don't even want us to talk about movies, if you want us to do a video game episode or comic book episode or something, let us know. That's right. Yeah, let, let us, us know. know. Let us know. Hell, you could even uh, make the 100th episode what my three topics of possible articles I'm going to write on the fucking geekpantsmedia.com. Who knows? But in any event, I'm Chris Mercier. That's Kenneth Levitsky. We are the Geek Pants Camcast, and thanks again, guys. <laughs>